I'm stoned, and after this, I'm gonna go chisel a bed frame. I'm also stoned. Oh fuck, there's a lot of spit in my mouth. I'm sorry. I'm very high, and after this, I am getting butterfly stitches put onto my heel. Woo! Oh my god. I swear to yeah. god. Last night, you were we were talking about that, and we were going back and forth about it, and I'm like, oh, she probably needs stitches, but... I don't want to get stitches! She doesn't want to get stitches. Right. And I'm sitting there fucking playing piano. Just, oh my god, I found this amazing app. It listens to your keyboard or piano when you play, and you're, like, reading the sheet music, and it lets you know, like, it's listening to you play, so it's, like, correcting you in real time. Wow. And That's so cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I was really enjoying that, and then I got a call from Steve, and he's like, hi, so... I cut my finger and I bled everywhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is it today? Like, y'all are injuring yourselves. And yeah, Steve got stitches. Maybe I also should have gotten stitches. Perhaps. Who, 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 we, we will never know because I'm not going to fucking go seek professional help about this unless it gets really bad. Um, I was going to say, if, if it starts getting, like, swollen and then, or, like, warm to the touch slash red, ouch. if... Yeah, if any of that starts happening, you have to go see a professional about this because I don't want you losing a foot. Uh, yeah, me neither. God, like, I love my feet. Not to be a yeah. creep, but... They're quite handy. Like, yeah. last night, Steve fucking calls me. And this is after I found out he cut his finger. And he's like, okay, will you look at this? And you're thinking, I don't want to, but I will. Like, okay. And he just flipped the camera around and it was like, oh my god, you need to go seek medical attention right now. Like, the skin around it was, like, turning gray. <gasps> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, it was not good. Yikes. So, yeah. Did he have to get, like, a tetanus shot? He, he got one, I think, like, a year and a half ago, oh. because Steve has a tendency to cut himself on metal, and I think the last time he went in to get help, um, they were like, yo, do you have a tetanus shot? And he's like, I don't know. And they're like, all right, well, cool. Let's give you one. So he actually does have one, but still. And so, yeah, I got to sit in the emergency room and watch them push needles through his skin. Wow. He was like 80% numbed at that point, And they gave him a little more. And it was, can you see that scar? Yeah, I think I do. It's like right there. Yeah. yeah. I fell into a corner when I was five and we were... And because I was a little dumbass, I had my hands tied behind my back with a leash. We were dog sitting at the time, and I tripped over the handle of the leash and fell forward into a corner. Oof. Yeah, but the thing is, oh my god! Yeah, yeah, baby Gilda was fucking nuts. Um, and then I was like, "Huh, that hurt!" And I, I bumped my head into the wall. And then all of a sudden, I was like, "Wow, I'm really sweaty." And so I put my hand up to like wipe the sweat away, and I looked down, and my hand was just like covered in blood. And I was like, well, that's not good. So I walked into the kitchen to tell my mother. She's like, mommy, something happened. She like turned around and like my entire face was just like covered in blood. She could see my skull and like, you know, very normal shape. Yeah, no, she was like, oh my God. Like, okay. Um, it's like a horror movie. <laughs> pretty fucking much. She's like, oh my God. Like my five-year-old child looks like a goddamn like murder victim over here. That's so scary. Ooh. Um, but yeah, so anyway, it has been a few days of injuries, and yeah, uh, I'm Gilda. 
And I'm Steph, and this is Saturday Night High, the podcast where we get high and talk about Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 3, which aired on October 2nd, 1976. It was hosted by Eric Idle, and there were music performances by Joe Cocker and Stuff, and John Belushi did a quote-unquote duet with Joe Cocker on one of his songs, so... I think those were the credits. I don't think, oh, well, some things we have to cover since we've last um, recorded. Uh, Elon Musk is hosting Saturday Night Live on May 8th. I am not thrilled with this choice, but I will tune in because everyone's going to tune in to see a potential dumpster fire. So we'll watch it. I hope it's entertaining. No, I think everyone should watch it because I think... I don't know. I just don't like that man. He gives me such bad vibes. Well, and the thing is, is, you know, you can be super environmentally conscious and friendly and want to, you know, make electric cars and all that shit, but you don't have to be an asshole. You don't have to act like a teenage boy on Twitter. And also, how about instead of trying to, it's like the plan for Earth is, oh, let's go to Mars. And it's like, oh, cool. Let's put you in charge of a whole ass other planet. I'm sure that'll go real great. Yeah, let's literally recreate Snowpiercer like, IRL. What? No, no thank you. So yeah, Elon Musk is hosting. That's a thing that happened. My stomach got tight when I read it. I thought it was a really bad joke. Um, yeah, uh, there's more info on Chloe Feynman. Yeah, so she's just... Um... I'm sorry. Wait, what was, what's the more info? Wait, what? Well, so she is apparently clear, which means she has like shed all oh, of her past right. traumas and she has like total control over her brain and emotions. And I think she's in like the operating Thetan level thing, according to someone on Reddit, which I know sounds like the sketchiest thing, but it was like they knew someone who knew about Scientology and they're like, oh, if she's clear, she's definitely in the Thetan levels. So... I just read it to know Scientology. Um, I just really would love to know if she was clear before she got on SNL or if getting on SNL cleared her, you know? I, 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 I don't know that, I mean, going on SNL probably bumped her up a few in the ranks of Scientology, but I'm guessing she was clear. I don't know. That's not something I really care to think. It's like, okay, it's a cult, cool. Um, but yeah, so- It is, it's very close to where I live. Um, I'm so sorry. I have one more note about this episode. Eric Idle, uh, those of you who are into Epcot, um, Journey into Imagination with Figment, he is the main sort of actor in that attraction. So the entire time I was watching this episode, I was like, oh my God, holy shit. I miss Epcot so much. Remember when we went to Epcot before you were 21 and I just bought all of our booze? It was great. I didn't get any looks from vendors. Half of them knew I was buying for a minor and the other half thought I had a problem. So it was like, can I have two of these? And they're like, two? That's like, fuck you. I could be buying for someone that's not right here. Anyway, yeah, that was how we- That's how I survived being underage, really. I mean, truly. You got to have someone that can get you the shit. Anyway, so we start off this episode. The cold open is- Richard Belzer. No, so Eric Belzer was the warm-up comedian for SNL. Eric Belzer, nope. Richard Bell. He was a warm-up comedian, and he also portrayed 
Chevy Chase at the update desk for the cold open. And he's like, so I'm Chevy Chase. And then you get the obligatory phone call from Chevy Chase to the desk saying, hey, I'm Chevy Chase. I'm watching. He's like, no, man, I'm Chevy Chase and you're not. Which, okay, I thought that was a really funny way to take on that statement. That was a good like some version of the joke almost yeah and then he pulls out this double-sided picture from the bottom drawer oh and if you don't know Richard Belzer he played Detective Munch on uh Law and Order and he was like uh partners with Ice-T which was I think because I think Ice-T was Ice-T on regular Law and Order or maybe I'm thinking (laughs) He was on Law and Order SVU. Right. I don't know what else he's been on, but in Rick and Morty, there's an episode that features IC as himself. And let me tell you, great episode. Those of you out there who know, you know. <sighs> yeah, I, I can't remember who his partner was. Fuck. Well, that's annoying. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Richard Belzer and Ice T were partners. I could be really fucking wrong on that, but. I really feel like I'm not. Anyway, I'm very high and we haven't even gotten through this. Anyway, Richard Belzer throws the picture off of the desk. He's like, yeah, that's what I think of you. And he reads the headline saying, uh, Chevy Chase, after extensive plastic surgery, has re-signed a contract with NBC for three years. And I thought it was funny because, you know, Chevy Chase did the live from New York on the phone. But uh, yeah. It was a cute way to open it, although I was very fucking confused for the first 20 seconds. I was like, why is it not playing? Well, who is this? I was also very confused. I was like, is this the middle of the fucking episode? Like, what did I miss? Right. Um, and then I was also just kind of confused. After I couldn't tell it was Richard Belzer. So I was like, um, Chevy, is that you? Hello? But this is kind of the same joke they did last week with the phone. Yeah. So this time it was a picture. I, I mean, I didn't mind it. I, I, I don't feel the cold open should revolve around Chevy Chase. And what I did learn after recording last week's episode is that Lorraine Newman in an interview in the past five or 10 years said that for those few weeks that Chevy Chase was out, he was quote unquote injured. So I don't actually know that he was injured or if he was just being a little bitch baby, but I did find Richard Belzer's joke about when Chevy Chase asked him how he got the job. And he's like, well, I answered the NBC ad they put out on Thursday. He's like, what ad? He said they were looking for a good-looking buffoon who's a flash in the pan. And I was like, oh, god damn. That was a really good line. This episode had some pretty funny moments, I'll say. It really, it did. It wasn't my favorite episode, but there were some moments that made me audibly laugh, even if overall I was like, eh, kind of missed the mark and some shit. But yes, we go into the monologue. Yeah, I feel like every sketch. Yeah. Oh my God, there was a mark that was missed. <laughs> yes, and so the monologue is Eric Idle, and he's starting to play Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles, written by George Harrison, his friend. Um, and he's like shouting the song and not totally playing it well on the guitar. And Jane Curtin's like, here, you know, let's save that for the end of the show and walks him over to the first sketch. And I thought that was kind of meta in terms of like, okay, we're going to do this later. Here, we're going to come over here and do this now. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'm early. They're not letting me do the song. It got put at the end. And it segues into this sketch where Eric Idle is portraying a genetics counselor and he's helping a couple pick their baby's traits, which I find super fucked. Like, don't get me wrong. I am all for like... IVF, if you know you have something that runs in your genetic code, whether it's 
Parkinson's or Alzheimer's or cancer or what the fuck ever, they can do kind of, they can, I think they can remove like those genes from an embryo. I'm fine with that, but like picking hair color and whatnot, nah, fuck that. Yeah, I was surprised to see that in 1976, this was something that was being made fun of on SNL. Um, I didn't realize that it was that old of an idea, I guess. Yeah. In that sense, like they were talking about it, you know, as if it was something they could really do. It, it just increasingly got more and more ridiculous to start out as like, oh, do you want black hair, or blonde hair? But then it was like, okay, let's talk about his aptitude. Do you want him to be artistic or a welder? <laughs> Which it was really funny. The two choices, I felt like I was, it was like divergent, like, you know, like a fucking like dystopian young adult series. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure. Um, did you ever see the movie Gattaca? No. I'm pretty sure that was about like trait selection. Yeah. A, a genetically inferior man assumes the identity of a superior one in order to pursue his lifelong dream of space travel. And it's like, there was a movie we watched in biology in high school, which we, again, had nothing to do with the class, but yeah. You just love shows movies in school. Yep. But yeah, so the genetic counselor, I don't know, the baby traits, as you said, they go from being normal to being ridiculous, like the aptitude or, well, does, do you want him to have a normal head or a shrimp head? Or what about a hatchback? It's just, he said, he was like, well, if you get the shrimp head, it'll be easier for him to get the welder's goggles. <laughs> on which had me fucking dead I was like no way did he just say that <laughs> yeah and then yeah Dan Aykroyd was all the fuck over this episode like all the fuck over. he was that's why I kind of liked a lot in this episode because I love his sense of humor yeah. although like this next sketch it, it was great I really loved his performance in it but I feel like it could have been a lot shorter and I think that's the case for a lot of his sketches is they're just too long he doesn't know when to stop yeah I have noticed that it's like the first like third to half is really funny, but it's like, okay, we've gotten the joke. Do something different or end it. Like, yeah. So it was Dan Aykroyd. He was a DJ and he starts and he's doing FM and he plays a song and then he switches over to AM and he's like a morning shock jock radio and like switches back to FM. He's playing classic rock and he's like, I'm really high right now. And it was like, me too, dude. Same. It was great. It was a really funny sketch. He was full of energy when he's doing it. Yeah. And then it goes to like a third, and he's like, okay, after this, we're going to have a special message. And he turns on like both AM and FM, and he like does the same speech to both stations with two microphones. It was funny. But yeah, funny, but too long was my note there. Yeah. Um, he did this ad that was like for a product called stairway to headphones and he went do your big speakers keep getting you evicted which honestly triggered us a little bit because our downstairs neighbor came up she was so drunk she came up and she was like this was on saturday night she was pissed that we had music playing we were like it's saturday night and she apologized the next day so what time was it she knew um like not even 10 o'clock yet dude (laughs) saturday night in blank that's yeah, you can't complain about music in that city until like 11, 11.30 on a Friday, Saturday night. At that point, yeah, that's fine. But like, nah, and I mean, the fact that she came back and apologized, you know, at least that's good. Although I will say it was, yeah. what's today? Wednesday? No. Wednesday? What is today? 
Today's Wednesday. Okay. And tomorrow's Thursday. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. I was just like, oh my God. So, okay, we're fine. <laughs> we're good. It was a false alarm. <laughs> I thought I was going to get fired. Um, all right. Get those moments. <laughs> I'm just catching up with you. Right? All right. So the next um, sketch, okay. please. Well, I thought it was crazy how this Dan Aykroyd radio show sketch ended with him talking about the swine flu and then that transition to the to the next sketch which was the swine flu inoculation center and i'm sitting here thinking what the hell swine flu 1976 i didn't even know that was a thing but yeah it was apparently and they're getting vaccines and it's really funny because we're all out here getting vaccines and Mm -hmm. so that felt a little bit scary in that sense (laughs) yeah Uh, it was yeah no there was uh there was a swine flu outbreak in the 70s, yeah. No way. Yeah. Wait, do you have the the thing in your arm when you get, like, inoculated against, what is it, like, pol- like smallpox or polio or something? Like, like our, our, our parents have it. Uh, you probably don't have it because you don't know what the hell I'm talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, when, like, all old people have, like, a scar, like, right here. Or people from other countries, um, because it's for their inoculation against like smallpox or, or polio or some shit like that. I don't know. My mom had one. My grandma has one. Oh, hang on, smallpox arm scar. Or it's like another disease. I mean, it's. I, I suppose I might have one, but it's also. Um... If you're 40 or older, you probably have a smallpox vaccine scar. Depending, okay, so it's, they used to give it a different way. Yeah, because Beck has one of those. And I was like, oh my God, that's so crazy. And now they still do those. Two-pronged needle into the vaccine, so it taps it vigorously, what? Yeah, I don't know, it's weird, it's scary. <laughs> Thank God we're past that. Oh my God. I would say describe my face right now, but I don't think I want you to. Yeah, it's like just a cringe emoji. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure that's not how they gave the smallpox vaccine. Also, I'm pretty sure I got it when I was a baby. And maybe people didn't used to get it when they were babies, so they didn't heal as well. Like, I don't know. No, no, I think they they just did the thing differently i don't fucking know okay anyway um, I'm happy. I was, it was like do i have a thing on my arm i thought you meant from from like the most recent vaccine and i was like no no good lord it's like, <laughs> my 5g is better and levitating is going great but you know other than that <laughs> all right but yeah so swine flu inoculation and then there's more here comes the sun i think it was playing on a radio well wait did we even mention that it was the killer bees? Well, that that's right. That that's what I, I was hoping you would talk about that because I know you love them. So I do love the bees. Although it was like wait, well, they they it came in and they were they were basically asking for the swine flu vaccine because they didn't want people to get it because it made their lives better, is essentially what I was getting from this. Yeah. I was really high, but Eric Idol had a line. <laughs> about them buzzing off which had me absolutely laughing yeah that was awesome and they were like he's a british bee he's not a mexican killer bee and i'm like okay that's kind of problematic but um like and they got to the nationality of the bees yeah right. and so then it, i mean that was kind of amusing but it was like okay this took a very weird turn 
And that was kind of the sketch. Oh, and then no, it ended with Eric Idle and Lorraine Newman going back to his dressing room. And it's like, I. Well, before that, they made him prove that he was South American. And he did that by singing La Cucaracha. And then he added in some lines, some, 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 some marijuana. I don't know how the song went. So that was, that was my recreation of it. Recreation? I don't know. <laughs> that was my recreational use um, of the song. Uh, I don't think. I, I read somewhere that the term marijuana is not the best because it, it just has like, yeah, the connotations, yeah. I guess, is, you know, what the U.S. government has done to our language. Mm-hmm. And then we had Joe Cocker's first performance. He sang You Are So Beautiful, which I fucking love this song. I've mentioned it before. I was lucky enough to see him. It was a great show. And then Steve Miller came out and it got even better. So yeah, it was a nice performance. I liked it. I loved his suit. Sparkle. Yeah, I loved it. Um, and then we had Baba Wawa. It was the token Baba Wawa. It wasn't really anything new. It was just talking about how she was moving from NBC to ABC and how the only reason was something, I can't remember, it was something minuscule. And it was like, the joke was that it was clearly money. So. Yeah, uh, this led us into Weekend Update, which started out with uh, Jane Curtin on the phone talking about batteries, and she doesn't know where Chevy keeps the batteries. So that was kind of funny. That was funny, and Jane Curtin looked so much more comfortable at the Weekend Update desk this week. Like she felt, she looked more yes. confident. She didn't have like a smug look on her face, but she was laughing at some of the jokes and the cutaways, and it looked like she was having a bit more fun. And I enjoyed that quite a bit. Yeah, there's some goofy moments in this, but there were also some uh, interesting moments, I'll say. Yeah, okay. So one of the interesting moments, and I really enjoyed how much uh, they went after Earl Butts. And Earl Butts was a, and that is his name, um, spelled B-U-T-Z. He was a United States government official who served as the U.S. Secretary of Agriculture under Presidents Nixon and Ford. And he was forced to resign in October of 76. So spoiler alert, he resigns. Um, He told a joke that was derogatory to black people and they made the joke on the show. But it was, (laughs) the, the New York Times kind of censored the quote because what uh, Earl Butts actually said was, I'll tell you what coloreds want. It's three things, a tight pussy, loose shoes, and a warm place to shit. That's all. So it was so much worse than what they actually talked about on the show. And it was edited because the New York Times wasn't about to print that shit. So um, yeah, he had to resign because of that. And good fucking riddance, goodbye. Ain't no place for that shit. Although there was a really wonderful callback uh, when Jane Curtin was talking about the um, Ken Norton Muhammad Ali fight at Yankee Stadium. And I really liked the artist renderings. They were like crayons or whiteboards. And it was like much better than them using a comic strip because it was like specifically drawn, but it was scribbled. It was actually really funny this time. Um, I liked the crayons. Yeah. And then. I guess uh, the joke was Muhammad Ali. He said he's stepping away from the sport after this and that he was going home to enjoy his satisfying sex, loose shoes, and a warm bathroom. And I really thought that that was 
Um, obviously, Muhammad Ali did not say that, but I thought Weekend Update bringing the attention back to it and being like, yeah, that's how stereotypically racist that fucking comment was. It's like, oh, right, because those are the only, yeah. And so I really enjoyed the usage of that joke a few times because it really kind of drove the point home that they were not okay with that quote. So, yeah, that was great. I did love how she did that. They had a correspondent, Garrett Morris in Florence, Italy, and <laughs> he's standing in front of the Pietro. That's it. That's the Pietro. Or is that David? That was David. <laughs> he's. I guess there's the Pietro had been damaged the previous year, um, and so he's standing in front of David and saying that it's been damaged. Someone has struck again and circumcised the statue <laughs> he goes on talking about it and he's like oh well it may have been for health reasons which had me fucking dying um eric idol came on as a rabbi and there uh, jokes all over the place yeah yeah it was <laughs> kurt morris asked eric idol what how about the the circumcision and he was like, oh, in my opinion, he did a beautiful job. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, there was a cutaway to Dan Aykroyd as a druggist or a pharmacist. Um, and he was doing an advertisement. He was saying, oh, I get headaches and I get headaches because I have to do lots of thinking and they're important headaches. And, you know, in order to get rid of these headaches, I use Epifix, which was, I thought it was like, speed but it wasn't it was like a capsule that like you shoot into your brain or something it's like you put it up your nose yeah he used like a syringe it was kind of graphic <laughs> it was he was like screaming it was like ah! and it was like oh i don't want that um and it was just like yeah oh, fuck no um and then there was a comment about johnny carson and how he'd been on for 14 years and i'm pretty sure they were slamming johnny carson here and they're like oh you've been on the air for 14 years and here's to another 14 years of awesome comedy but the awesome comedy that they were joking about was it was just like a clip of john belushi in black and white slamming an axe into the crotch of an outline of a man and i didn't totally get the joke but i'm pretty sure it was offensive yeah, and then at the end, okay, well, I have one more thing to say about Weekend Update, oh, but yeah, I'm just gonna, I, I, okay, so update. Uh, my favorite moment was when Jen Curtin said she was gonna do a correction on a story from last week's Weekend Update, and then she just erased something on one of her papers and put it to the side. That was honestly the funniest thing. Yeah. Um, I loved it. But yeah, then like the end of this next sketch that Gilda just introduced, uh, like the, the kind of, who, who was it? Who was it? Was it uh, Jane Curtin or someone said like, oh, congrats, Johnny. Like that just gets funnier every yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. That was Jane Curtin ending Weekend Update. But she was saying right. that to, she was saying that to like Johnny Carson saying like, great comedy. Can't wait for another 14 years. Like I'm pretty sure they were slamming Johnny Carson throughout that whole thing in a way that was problematic, but I don't know why. Oh, that went right over my head. Oh, yeah, no, they were, like, totally mocking, like, Johnny Carson's humor or something. I don't fucking know. It was bad, though. I, 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 it felt problematic. I didn't understand why it was problematic, 
but they were not being kind to Johnny Carson, I don't believe. So. Okay, I see. Yeah. And then... They also, sorry, but they also titled that little section Frontier Sissy. I mean, I knew that that was what John Belushi said he looked like, and the sketch, I didn't know that was... Okay, great. All right, so that fucking was bad. Um, <laughs> we had another baby Lauren sighting. Uh, he was sitting behind the desk and he was like, yeah, so last season I offered the Beatles, you know, I renegotiated and offered them $3,000 to come perform. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, I got a call from Eric Idle who says he knows the Beatles and he'll take the 3000 in advance so they can get new clothing for the show. And it Then it, it plays out that, you know, he says he'll bring the Beatles. Uh, Lauren Michaels is like, I got to the airport and he was alone and I figured out he wasn't bringing the Beatles and then the connection was poor on the phone when Eric Idle called to get a film from the Beatles and so this week here we have a film by the Ruddles and it's like a Beatles knockoff parody group um yeah like a little Eric Idle bit um it was just different cuts it cuts back between the band the ruddles and their fans which was just black and white screaming people and audiences absolutely losing their minds they really they were going very hard in, in that, that footage i don't know where they got that footage from I'm, I'm pretty sure that was beatles audience footage oh that would actually just make sense so people was, were just nuts for the beatles yeah, i forgot yeah. <laughs> so i'm pretty sure that was just where they got that but yeah it was um they uh said oh and the footage that wasn't their performance. That was from their film, A Hard Day's Rut, which the Beatles had a film, A Hard Day's Night, and the song. Yeah, so I thought that was actually quite funny. But then... They gave the names of the Fab Four. <laughs> it was Dirk, Nasty, Stig, and Barry. Yeah. Um, the, it, the sketch ended with Eric Idle like, running to keep up with the shot, the moving shot in the back of the truck. It was like he was walking through a neighborhood and it's just like he keeps picking up his face and that was fucking humorous. It's like, ah, so they went out to Queens to film that. (laughs) Yeah, he was trying to like talk about the Ruddles. He said the first album was made in 20 minutes. The second album took them even longer. But seeing him try and talk seriously about this while also sprinting was great. Yeah, I... I, he, I don't know. It's not like my favorite type of host, but he did a good job. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Did you get the next one or no? I do not think I got it fully. Okay. Well, um, so Cabaret is a movie, or well, it's a Broadway play, and then it was a movie with Liza Minnelli. Um, maybe she was on Broadway. I don't fucking know. I'm not the biggest Broadway person, but, um, yeah, it's a movie about, like, the rise of the Nazis. It's a musical, and it takes place in Germany. And the oh, okay. was literally, like, cabaret, and it was Lorraine Newman, and they were all singing the song, Tomorrow Belongs to Me, and I didn't like seeing swastikas all over the fucking place, but, you know, that was just me. Like, yeah, you don't really see that anymore no, on TV. No, you don't. I remember a man. It was jarring. In, yeah, it was 
it was very jarring. And I remember when Man in the High Castle started doing their promotion for the first season and they bought like spots on subways in New York City. And like all of the advertisements had like swastikas and people doing like the Heil Hitler like thing. Like it was a promotion for the alternate history show, the the alternate history of what if the Nazis in Japan won World War II. And yeah, fine, it was a good show and the short story is great. But they also had to take all of the abs down because you can't just fucking go around putting swastikas on shit. So, you know. Yeah, that, any crime. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they all did the, like, Hail Hitler salute in the middle of the sketch, which was so wacky. But then Eric Idle came into this scene, and he starts talking to Dan Aykroyd, and every time the waitress comes near, they stop speaking in code because they're speaking in code. And <laughs> I should have said that earlier, clearly. Um, they're speaking in code, and they do all of this like stereotypical loud German nonsense whenever the waitress comes near and Eric Idle ends up accidentally yelling that they're planning on killing Hitler. I thought that was Dan Aykroyd. Mm, you know what? I that thought, is absolutely what I wrote down okay. and that is absolutely what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying because Eric Idle was sitting on the right and looking like a Robin Hood Peter Pan motherfucker and Dan Aykroyd was the one on the left having the outburst. So yeah. Um you're going nuts, yeah. Yeah, and then it all ended, yeah, it ended with uh, them all singing the song Tomorrow Belongs to Me, which I believe was an, ant- I, I don't know if it was supposed to, it's been like misinterpreted and like Nazis use it, but I don't think it's a pro-Nazi song. I, I don't fucking know. I really try not to pay too much attention to, you know, what Nazis like, so. Uh, he- Fair enough then went into Joe Cocker's second performance, which also had a fun little cameo by John Belushi, and they performed the song Feelin' All Right, which may have originally been written by Cream. Traffic. Fucking like Cream Traffic. God. That song was such a bop. I was really jamming to it. <laughs> I'm smoking. <laughs> really? I can't tell. Um, sorry, I'm just fucking looking up random rock trivia because I apparently have nothing better to talk about. I don't have two more pages of notes. It's fine. Um, but yeah, Feeling All Right was originally by Traffic and then uh, it was covered by Joe Cocker and that is a fun fact. Um, the next sketch, I was like, what the fuck? And then I got it. It took me a bit. I don't know. Well, I mean, I was high, but the next sketch was Dragnet with Eric Idle and Dan Aykroyd. And instead of it being like police officer dragnet, it's undercover police officers in drag. And it was like a cop show, but with cops in drag. Problematic, but I did think it was kind of funny for the second half of it. Right, so the drag, it was what they were calling frocks that uh, Eric Idle and Dan Aykroyd were wearing. They were some nice I would say cottage core dresses um and then the phone rings and they get a call about a, someone impersonating a cop wait mm-hmm. did I mess this up who was then who was impersonating the cop oh John Belushi um was the husband impersonating the cop who was also wearing it was a really nice pink dress I really like that dress and I would honestly wear it if I could 
could buy that somewhere. I would say, if I could find it, I would wear the heck out of it. And yeah, they were all kind of killing it. They all looked pretty good in the dresses. Like, it wasn't like, okay, they were in dresses, but they were using their own voices. It was literally the only thing that was different was that they were wearing dresses. It wasn't like they were acting as women. They were just stunting on us, you know? Yeah, and they looked damn good. And then it goes into, oh, a drag race. And I was like, oh God, I get, yeah, I know where this is going. And it literally, so they use like canned footage of people like standing up watching a race. And then it cuts to Dan Aykroyd and Eric Idle in lingerie, stockings, garter belts, heels with feather boas and like robes. And a gunshot goes off and they're running. And it was two men in drag racing. And it was like, wow, okay. So they went out for the Meadowlands for that because it looked like a fucking swamp. Yo, right. Uh, it ended though with um, John Belushi saying, hey, look, this just isn't funny to Americans, this kind of thing. And um, just how Eric had earlier invited, who was it, Lorraine, to his dressing yeah. room. He invited Dan Aykroyd to his dressing room. And or no, he invited, what was it? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. And then John Belushi said, oh, remember, if you do it once. I was like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Right? It was like, fuck off. Yeah. yeah. That was some fucking homophobic, transphobic bullshit right there. But John Belushi introduced the next performance by Stuff. They are a jazz funk. Fuck. I looked this up. God damn it. Yeah, there's a jazz band in New York. I don't know. Stuff band SNL jazz funk band during the late seventies and early eighties. So um, it was I, I liked it. Jazz funk is was a sketch. It was the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau, and it was Eric Idle talking about his show pet. It was like pets and petting, and he had a goldfish, and he was going to go over how to feed a goldfish. And he's like, you have to only give it the best food. It's like, which is why I give it minestrone, and he dumps soup into the fish tank and then he puts a whole ass chicken and then potatoes and cabbage and wine and cheesecake and coffee and then the camera goes back to the tank and it's just like this murky mess of brown gross water whereas before it was a nice tank with a fishy in it and it's like wow you killed a goldfish good for you like I yeah the camera die. really lingered yeah. on this aquarium full of goldfish and i'm like they're gonna fucking die what the hell yeah i did not like this sketch it was just i didn't get it i didn't think it was funny Maybe it was British. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know. Um, <laughs> what do you think? It, it could have been okay if they didn't actually do that to real fish. And it wasn't just one fish. It was like an aquarium full of goldfish. Yeah. So whatever. That's just destruction on the level I don't find funny. We had a bit where Garrett Morris played Ken Norton and he was talking about how he... Um, he was robbed of his what do they call it in boxing i don't know it was like the heavyweight title or something his title yeah and then i'm terribly sorry i'm so high but did he sing he ends up singing right okay yeah so he did so the joke here was that oh the judges for this fight were from atlantic city which i'm pretty sure is where like miss america always happened or something and so it was basically a joke about beauty pageants and how he didn't even get to his talent portion and he ended up singing opera because that is a talent that garrett morris has and it was thanks like, Juilliard yeah and it was just like all right cool I'll watch it I don't care um uh, the next sketch was Lorraine Newman it was comedians from outer space 
and she was talking about like how aliens potentially influenced comedy and oh here's this tablet from the middle east and it says take wife haha ha. and people are like oh that's funny and then in south america it was someone carved into the hillside uh take my wife please and this was written to make people in overhead objects or overhead craft overhead aircraft i don't fucking know whatever the fuck they said i was too high at this point but it was like the point was to make someone in the air laugh and i i just didn't i mean I, it was funny but like comedians from matters it was just fucking weird this was definitely a weird sketch it had me thinking of rick and morty with the talk of other universes and galaxies and all that um and essentially it was all about these 30 foot high cufflinks but it got just strange they played this like recording of a ceremony that had been done where just a bunch of people saying hey oh hey oh it was weird yeah um i think they were like well how would it how would have how would this brand of humor where the men are going hey oh how would that have gotten across the land if not for aliens and i think the joke there was that men are just kind of like hey like they make dumb jokes but again i could be wrong on that that's what i hope it was but yeah that was pretty much all i had to say about that one because it was yep and the show ended with an al franken tom davis pong sketch where they're talking about a test that they took and one of them says oh i got a d minus on this test what'd you get he's like oh i aced it and he talks about how he answered this question and he got full credit for well what'd you do with the barometer it's like well you could measure at the bottom and measure at the top and take the difference that way or you could go to the top and drop it to the bottom and you could also take it and trade it into the building super for the answer and it was just a bunch of really weird it was like bullshit math and a bunch of yeah i again it was we have we've seen a variation of this joke before so i kind of knew it was coming you know right it was it was kind of cute though and then the the show ended with the entire cast joe cocker and eric idol sitting on well eric idol was on a stool everyone else was standing around him and they ended the show by shouting here comes the sun all together and it was kind of chaotic and uh, it was like a running gag. Yes, I get it. Eric Idle kind of looks like George Harrison if you look at him like with a squint and your head tilted. But yeah, fr- I, I don't know. I just, it was a running gag and I was just like, all right, let's just get this over with. Yeah, they really had to be kind of obnoxious with this throughout the whole episode. It's a fun song though. And I thought it was kind of cute. I just keep Describing everything as cute, but it was cute to see them all scream singing it together. Yeah. But yeah. So what didn't work for you tonight? Um, okay. Well, I guess there were a few things, but something that really sticks out as especially especially horrible would probably be you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna say the whatever you said it was called the nazi one uh, but it was oh cabaret okay yeah so yeah i did not like the cabaret sketch i did not like goldfish murder um those were kind of the low points of the night for me and 
yeah i don't know i don't want to say baba wawa was bad but it's just like oh my god how many more times can we do this and i'm guessing a lot but for me i i don't know i was just like all right we could have done something else here wait i don't know if you hear that but that's sirens yep. Hang on. um wait oh my god those sirens just now screeching to a halt reminded me of the joke i don't even remember which sketch it was but one of them had a line about um oh it was it was the the drag the dragnet sketch uh had a line we screamed to a halt and you see them in the car screaming as it's stopping it was so fucking funny that was fucking hilarious um but yeah so my worst for the night was the goldfish your worst was cabaret what worked for you um well i guess one could say that something that worked for me. <laughs> I'm just checking my notes now. I'm like, uh, I really can't get a read on this fucking episode. I, I'm telling you. Okay, you know, something that I did like was the, wait, okay. The monologue, you know, I'll, t- I'll, I'll say the monologue. The, the monologue where he got led over to the sketch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it, I guess. <laughs> Not too enthusiastic about it, but that's it. You know, I thought um, Weekend Update was good. I enjoyed that it had a bit of teeth and the Jane Curtin, I don't know, it was like, it felt more like, I don't want to say a Chevy Chase performance, but it felt more like she wasn't holding back. Yeah. And I really appreciated that. So I would say my best was Weekend Update, yeah. Wow. Um, well, that was my runner-up, so my, my best. Oh. <laughs> All right, go on. Was um, Dan Aykroyd doing that radio AM, FM, back and forth. Okay, no, you're right. You're right. I No, I switch. Yes. <laughs> I switch. Well, okay, no, no. Actually, I'm standing by my original statement. Weekend Update is my best. My runner-up was Dan Aykroyd at the radio station because I thought it was funny, but I thought it should have been half as long. If it had been half as oh, long, yeah. it would have been my best. So, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm standing by my original, uh, whoops, I thought that was your best. But yeah, no, 100%. Um, my runner-up would be Danny Aykroyd doing his stuff. Damn. But yeah, so next week, we will be covering SNL, wait. We'll be covering Elon Musk. Oh, you're right. Holy shit. Okay, yeah, because we're recording this early. In my mind, I'm like, wait, we have two more weeks. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) So yeah, our next episode will be the recap of Elon Musk's clusterfuck dumpster fire because I refuse to believe it will be anything else. And fine, those words might come back to bite me in the ass, but I don't think they will. Um, The man has the comedic timing of a toad. Um, Yep. And yeah, so uh, with Miley Cyrus as the musical guest. So yeah, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Um, don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. Our Gmail is satnighthighpod, and we have a website, satnighthighpod.com. Yes, find us on social media, Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter. No longer on Instagram because it has unfortunately cut our balls off. Yes, 
they they we really we can't we can post pictures but no captions we can't follow anyone and we can't message anyone so yeah that's because we're stoners and they apparently don't like that so um rude very rude so yeah and uh yeah until then i'm gilda happy highs and i'm steph happy 50th happy highs right hey yes Fuck yeah. This is our 50th motherfucking episode, guys. This is fucking insane. So thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Kisses. Mwah.